0: Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Soap from the Box, the podcast where I talk to actor mates who I directed in some of the country's biggest continuing dramas. This week it's my mate Neil McDermott who played Ryan in EastEnders and I actually spoke to him in the summer when it was boiling hot, which seems ages ago now. So I'm actually quite looking forward to getting a cup of tea and listening to this one back myself. Hope you enjoy it. So, the next guest on my podcast is Neil McDermott, who played EastEnders' Ryan Malloy. And, Neil, I have to say, the first time I worked with you, it's probably one of the most memorable times, because our first scene was you having to run across <laughs> Albert Square in the naked in February, I think was it was. Was that the first one? Yeah, wow. our first... Well, one of the first scenes, because that was the first block. Can you imagine? I mean, that's the weirdest... Kind of weird, weird, isn't it? weird interaction to an actor, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously, I remember. Well, de- funny enough, I, I, I heard about you before I met you
1: because oh God. I was a good friends with Matt Wolfenden, who um, well, still am, but I obviously don't see him so much. So much. he told me about you coming, this new young director <laughs> who'd been working on Emmerdale and who uh, was really fantastic. So he's a big fan of yours. then so I arrived. You know, <laughs> really looking forward to meeting you. <laughs> mate. It was great. And yeah, so you managed to get the, so it was the... And it was,
0: I always remember that one of the reasons they did that scene was June Brown to say, oh, I say, at the end of it, when <laughs> you ran across the square. But it was the stag do, wasn't it? So it was, I was working Ryan Ryan's stag do for the wedding,
1: yeah. That's right, working with Sid Owen quite a lot on that I one. I think you might have really gone to it. the pub with Sid Owen beforehand. I did, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I certainly went back to Sid's house, I think, for a little bit. And then, um, yeah, the characters went into the pub and were very drunk by the point that Ryan was running across... The
0: Albert Square and the Nerd, which is one thing you never think you're going to do, I suppose. So let's get to the character. Basically today, I'm going to spend half the time kind of talking about the character in yeah. yeah. EastEnders and half the time about you. So you joined in 2009, EastEnders, yeah. I know, so long ago, and uh, was involved in everything, basically, kidnap, drug dealing, petty mm. crime, bit of everything as he arrived. I, I mean, I suppose he was interesting when he was arrived, cause you didn't know what way he was going to go.
1: No, not really. I was really lucky. You know, I spent two and a half years on the show in that stint before going back and doing other things. And I suppose when you spend a relatively short amount of time, really, compared to some people, you become at the heart of the storylines quite a lot. And and Ryan really was a story-driven character, I suppose, rather than a really characterful, funny role, you know? Obviously, soaps have their sort of stock characters, and he was... Definitely, like, the bad boy role that was coming in. Rob Kaczynski had left not long before, and obviously people like Nigel Harmon and all those people who played those bad boy roles, and this was the next one. So, yeah, being teamed up with
0: Charlie Brooks and doing... Do you remember those- getting Neil, Do you remember... Did you audition for it, obviously? Yes. Were there lots of... Because a few people like Nina mm. went in and was approached about the role. Did you have to audition with other people? Do you remember people going for your role? Yes, there was definitely other people up for the role. I, I had done EastEnders before. I know, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I read that. as. Do you remember the character name? Ben. Yeah. <laughs> ben, yeah. Not Ben, ben, not, ben the not the speaker. Ben, no. <laughs> yeah, Ben the <laughs> Huge, yeah, defining yeah. part. So when I was
1: quite young, when I was not long out of drama school you know, my photo arrived in front of Julia Crampsey, and she was casting, I think, for Nigel Harmon's role at the time, and got me in at the same time as all these guys that were auditioning for that. So I was, when I auditioned at that time, was thinking, well, I'm far too young for this role, <laughs> because all these guys are up for this road sweeper. But obviously, she'd brought me in at the same time as then, and got me in to play that. So they'd sort of been introduced to me, I guess, a little bit. And then, I was up in Leeds doing The Royal with our uh, friend yeah, Glynis Barber. Yeah, yeah. Um so I did I was doing six months on that, which finished in the December and the audition came in January. Now in between December and January I went to India for two weeks and the audition came through while I was out there. So it was like the day after I got oh my back. Oh god. So I got back to like anything, looking rough as anything. <laughs> and came in and auditioned and did my thing. And by all accounts, they loved that. So, uh, called me back for a recall. I sort of smartened myself up slightly and tried to think about the character a little bit <laughs> yeah. more, if
0: you like. And they didn't like that. And they didn't
1: like <laughs> that so much. It's so, the only ever showed Deirdre Xanthra, I believe, so Julia tells me.
0: Uh, my first audition. Oh, and wow. Never showed never the second one. See, so things are meant to str- happen, I think, aren't they? <laughs> they really I, I are. think everything is meant to happen. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. Absolutely. So, just to, uh, before we start getting into the proper meat of everything, I'm just going to give you a little... Kind of fun quiz, if you can remember oh things that right. Gosh. Which I think you should. I was trying to be easy on you, actually, Thank so you. to like you. So one of your first <laughs> big storylines was helping Whitney, who was obviously your sister. Yeah. And some friends escaped from a fire at the cafe. Can uh-huh. you remember who started the fire? Oh yes, I do remember. Yeah, it was the n- nasty kids. Nick Cotton. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was me yeah. and uh,
1: Charlie Clements who played Bradley had to sort of rescue people from the cafe. Yeah.
0: And what was it like? Like John Altman, obviously, is a you know was one of the you know, people that I remember from when I was young watching Mm. it. Do you remember going in thinking, I mean, I remember going in thinking, Mm. oh my God, there's Pat Butcher and there's, do you remember, I mean, EastEnders is one of those shows that even if you haven't watched it, you know about it. Absolutely. You're kind of nervous going into a job like that because everyone's so well known.
1: But the moment when you're sort of on the square and I think it was June Brown walking towards me yes, as, as me. dark. Yeah. I, never, I never really saw June Brown not as dark <laughs> for about three months or so, I think. So, um, yeah, seeing her walking towards me
0: um, suddenly made it all feel a lot more real than it did before, I think. And it's obviously filmed in Boreham Wood. You, I don't know whether, you, I think probably Top of the Pops had stopped, hadn't it, when you joined? I don't remember Top of the Pops Because I was going to say, was, it was always quite weird, wasn't it, a lunch? Not that mm, the lunch yeah. is great at Boreham to I have to say. <laughs> but you'd have Holby City there as well, so you'd kind yeah. of be sat with people tea, like dripping in fake blood. And yeah. Dot Cotton sat there as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Did yeah. it make you nervous, though? Does that change the way you approach a job? Do you know what I mean? When you're going in with a really well-established cast and you've got, kind of got to... Mm. find your place there do you know what I mean as opposed to going to a new production when you're all yeah I saw I mean what they do at EastEnders or certainly did when I was there is they give
1: you what's called a mentor so Jake Wood was my mentor oh that's a good, good yeah, yeah, yeah great actor so he I would I suppose ask him any questions at the beginning there um, I wouldn't say he was over the top in his mentoring but I just what asked him one question really which was What's what sort of level are you meant to pitch at here? Um, I was trying to always think about not coming in as over the top. Sometimes when I watch soaps and new characters come in, I often feel that they're they're too big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I didn't want to do that. And but, but Jake just sort of said, "Well, just just do your thing. Just do your acting. That's it. Don't worry <laughs> about it." <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. But in a way, that's kind of right. You've got to go in and just do your thing. You know, you can't try and do what somebody else has done before. Or, or, or try too hard, otherwise, you know, you start getting a bit messy and it starts, you start messing yourself up. So you've got to go in. And, and I think I sort of pitched it, if anything, a little under when I first went in. Whilst I was trying to find what this groove is of EastEnders, um, which will be different from Coronation Street, Emmerdale and all the other soaps. And obviously different from other TV programmes. But I sort of feel like every show has its own groove, its own style that you get used
0: to the more you do it. And I think it's harder on EastEnders, actually, for you guys, because I think the other shows that I've directed, everyone's a lot more together, whereas EastEnders is quite segregated cast wise yeah. isn't it? Like, you have your little family or whatever, and yeah. then you don't really have... So I think it quite- was at the time when I was there, because there was
1: cuts back on the BBC at yeah. the time, I think. So those big scenes in the Vic and... There's not uh, that many of them. Yeah, they sort of cut them back and made it much more three or four handers or, or
0: there might only be about eight, ten people in an episode instead of like 30. And then obviously who... Well, no, obviously, you might not know this. You should mm. know this. Who did Ryan first move in with? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, would it be Janine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Yeah. 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 And who, obviously, you became an amazing partnership. And yeah. again, talking about the... I mean, you were you were really lucky, I suppose. You worked with probably some of the best girl actors there, didn't you? Charlie, yeah. who is incredible. Lacey yeah. Turner, who is incredible. Yeah. And Sh- uh, Schoenner, who's yeah. incredible.
1: Yeah. Like, Charlie, I really rate as a, a, a fantastic actress, really. She should do as much as anyone when, like, when she leaves the soap and everything else. She's a brilliant... Brilliant actress to work she with. She plays
0: things really cleverly, I think. Like really I watched small clever. clips of you today, and yeah, she d- Yeah, you just well, watch of course her she obviously plays
1: the villain of the show, really. Um, but she manages to sort of get the audience on her side, even when she's doing the most. But you did that as well, because you
0: obviously went in as bad boy. And I think to play the bad guys or the girls, mm. you basically need to find a heart for that person, don't you? Absolutely. It's the
1: key. Yeah, because if you're just bad, if you're just, but then you become a bit uh, stereotypical. And I always said when I was going in, okay, he's the bad boy. I remember speaking to Deidre about it and Dominic, who was story editor at the time, and sort of saying, well, the bad boys I know in life, if you're, you know, if I'm honest, they're not always bad and <laughs> <Yeah>. horrible. Like <laughs> most of the time, they're quite decent or funny or charming or whatever else. And then every now and again, they do something a bit ridiculous that you go, yeah. right, probably can't be your friend. Properly for too long, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So that's kind of what I always wanted to do with him, capable of doing bad things,
0: but actually, in general, quite can be quite decent as well, you know? Um, so on Christmas Day, when what year, do you remember what year Ryan oh. split up with Janine? Well, it'll be near the end of March over it, 2011? Oh. Well, what, 2009, but is that right? He split up with Janine, or yeah, maybe, the maybe it was time, the first time, maybe that's the first together. time. I mean, you were there. So you were there for three, nine, to, yeah, three years. Uh, about two and a half, two and half, half yeah. years. Yeah, Diz, I mean, I find I found when I was working in soap, like ten years just went by. Yeah, it goes so quickly, doesn't it? Uh, well, now when I look back, yeah, it's, it's
1: very feels like a very quick time in my career because obviously you do many other things as
0: well. So. But a very enjoyable time and a great job to work on. And did life... I mean, I think life must change instantly for you guys if you go on a show like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the
0: different... Do you remember, like, the first time you went on screen and the difference? Yeah, you just get recognised, you know, that's basically it, because soap actors are on the front
1: of magazines and stuff in shops, more so than maybe, like, a C-list Hollywood actor. Yeah, no, yeah. You don't get to see their faces as much as you see, and you're on screens... Four times a week, or five times a week at the times we have the Sunday omnibus as well. So people are really used to seeing your face, but you haven't really uh, made enough money or anything to sort <laughs> yeah. of deal with that just yet. Yeah. You haven't so got the gated. You'll get on the trains and the buses <laughs> yeah. and all that. Oh, of course. Ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, quite often. People do that thing, do they, where they... Would you get the train every day? From- uh, I drove, but, oh, okay, yeah. I, you know, if I was going out for a drink or whatever else, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there, I'd have to get public transport <laughs> to wherever I was going, or, or taxis. But at the time, at the beginning there, it was public transport for sure. And people do that thing where they, they're not, they pretend that maybe, I don't know, you can't hear them or something, <laughs> and then they talk about you as your character to each other. Oh, he's the one who's been doing this. Oh, see that guy over there? And I mean, you know, I, I can so hear you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what was the main, what was the kind of reaction to you normally? Because different people have yeah. different reactions, don't they? Yeah, they do. I've like, with some actor friends who have like people who just come over and some who people are quite horrible too.
1: Yeah, well, obviously, Charlie playing that sort of character, people very standoffish with her. Um, but everyone, you know, kind. Every, I never had any trouble or anything yeah. like that. And people were just fans of the show, so in general they were pleased to meet you. But it, you did notice, if I went out with Charlie Clements, for example, who played Bradley, he would definitely, people would want to come up and give him a cuddle <laughs> and sort of make <laughs> sure he's right. Yeah, probably. But With
0: me, they were a little bit more unsure, but just <laughs> yeah. because of the character, I guess. So who did Ryan hand back, do you remember who you handed back Lily to after taking her on your return in 2016? who did he hand him back to surely Stacey please no was <laughs> that wouldn't it Martin Fowler James oh yes yeah. so, oh, when I went back yeah, when yeah, you went yeah, back yeah, yeah, and so course. the question really off of that was was it weird going back when you'd left as a massive part of the show and then going back and kind of there's all these new faces there because I think Danny Dyer and that family had joined mm. on one of your returns yeah, yeah I mean it, it's like obviously with that do you show, feel then? do you feel then like ah oh, they've not like you know like you've been someone stolen your place <laughs> No, I didn't feel like that. I was, at the time, was pleased to go back in.
1: I was keen to go and clear up the storyline because the character had gone on the run yeah. for manslaughter, essentially. So, Dominic... Happened, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, I think... He went. He had a fight with... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, um, Jodie. Oh, sorry, Jodie, yeah. Jodie, who name? played... Maybe the character was called Rob. Rob, yeah. They ended up in the sea in South End, which is another story. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and and... Uh, Jody's character never came out and mine did so he went on the run so Dominic who was then the producer got in touch to say that he'd like to clear up the storyline so that perhaps the character could come back in the future and I was keen to do that to kind of because you can't have a character on the square no, who's who's on the run from Manchester yeah, so yeah. Like, and come know, back to Scotland and be um, fine again all be forgiven you know, <laughs> yeah. you know it well, no, is a square said, of but dreams yeah. <laughs> but you you can't have a murderer you need at least to prison exactly yeah so that's what we did we went back did a storyline he went to prison came out of prison And I now believe, I think he got married to a prison guard. Yeah, Helen. I read that. Helen,
0: yes. And he's gone to Wakefield. Yeah. Lovely. Does he have a child? I'm not sure, but yeah. Sounds more depressing than Albert Square. (laughs) (laughs) Married to a prison guard in Wakefield, Wakefield, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, when you came in, you were obviously a mystery to everyone. And then it was revealed you were half-brother of Whitney, or Ryan was. And again, was it nice then? To, did you know that when you went on board that you that was going to happen? You knew that you were going to have this family connected and stuff? Uh, I did, only by the audition. I think in the audition, they changed the names. Oh, okay. So, uh, oh, right, okay. I was um,
1: acting with a character called Brittany, I okay. think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, th- I think that's
0: something to do with Whitney they did Houston. They, they, they did that quite Spears a lot on EastEnders, actually. The yeah. other shows didn't do that. You used to be auditioning for a part who you... <laughs> it's so obvious who yeah. it actually was going to be, that yeah. part. But they call it... You know, yeah. Teresa or something. But obviously I knew
1: that it was um, the sister. Yeah. She was this oh, half-sister. I knew that from the word go, yeah. So I knew there was that going to be that. And actually we had a mum as well. We had uh, Deborah, was the name of Whitney and Ryan's mum, played by Ruth Gemmell. Brilliant actress. Who came and did about six episodes at the beginning. Um, and both characters had a problem with the mum and managed
0: to bond through that hatred of her, I think, really. <laughs> So then we go to, I mean, one of my big memories of centres is the live episode, which I didn't direct, thank God. Uh, yeah. But you were obviously, so to remind everyone, the live episode was all centred around... Who killed Archie? That's right. And basically, I remember there were loads of stuff going on at times. I remember Lacey Turner had lost her voice. That's right. So yeah. there was that. Uh, there was a runner who was pretending to be her for a, for one for the, the final person. run during. I think you can see that. And went on, to kiss Charlie Clemens That's as I remember. right. Yeah. <laughs> but what basically was happening was they the bit you know three people probably knew who had done it. And you all got told, you were one of the suspects, weren't you? And you yeah. recorded, or we re- mm. you rehearsed, yeah. an end where it was you. We got, when the scripts came out, I think there were ten endings. So ten different people who could have done it. But then in... And some were ridiculous, weren't they? Yeah. Like, uh, the so. Jack or something, you know, like that yeah. hadn't done it. But you were one of the contenders. And then, but well, it
1: became a stronger contender, because in the dress rehearsals, they only did three endings... So we did it three ah, yeah. three dress but rehearsals. Was, so that was you, Charlie, No, it was Max. Oh so it was yeah, Jake. Jake, yeah. So it became, it's going to be one of us right. three. And obviously we'd filmed
0: about six weeks afterwards. That's uh, they, what I found really clever that they managed to do that. Yeah. Because yeah, we'd all be looking at scripts going, can we not tell who it is? Yeah. Which is mad that they were able to do that actually. Yeah, and they were very clever because I remember working with Charlie afterwards and Charlie kept going, I
1: think you did it you know (laughs) like some of the stuff you were saying here and I was like oh god I don't know I don't quite know how to play this also I remember that uh in the dress rehearsal um a director said to me that could you play that line like you killed Archie (laughs) Really? (laughs) right Right. okay Okay. (laughs) but actually what happened was just before we went live I don't know how long in advance Lacey knew I'm I think no. I
0: think she got told just during before. that during yeah. that show, yeah. Or so it was before. about half an hour before we she went was live. Dreading. I just remember she was dreading it. She was like, "Shit, I can't speak. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to get it out." And we, so we we were going to be told us three who whose ending was going to be used,
1: if you like. So who killed Archie? And um, Deirdre brought me into a little room, and uh, there was a camera behind him looking at me <laughs> oh. to capture my reaction. So I was like. Oh, it, it's like, and obviously, like I said before, if it's you've killed someone, thing, it's it? basically like getting the sack. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, you
0: can't stay on the square to a certain extent. You've got to... That's why I thought it was never going to be Lacey, because I thought they'd have to get rid yeah. of that person. Yeah, yeah. But I suppose there was so
1: much sort of reason for her committing that crime. So what life. was your
0: face then when you got told?
1: Were you relieved or were you... I was relieved, yeah. Slightly because, like as I said, slightly mm-hmm. thinking... Um, if If it is me, then obviously that 's me going out the door pretty shortly yeah. afterwards so i didn 't kind of didn 't want it to be me at that point, but you know looking back it was it 's obviously
0: a brilliant storyline so and that was was it? I think that was the first live episode. Wasn't yeah, it? that before one was. Yeah, EastEnders and Emmer- before Coronation Street and Emmerdale did it. Yeah, you 20th. were a massive, massive part of it, were you? But were you? No. Was it still? A, what was that like going on? I mean, because I remember a lot of cast at the time. Quite a few casts didn't take part because yeah, they would get, everyone was given a choice if they wanted to do it, and a lot of people didn't think that that kind of show should be live. Well, it had never been done before, no. so it was an amazing um, achievement by everyone there. Just for people who
1: don't know, obviously the. Queen, the interior of the Queen Vic yes, isn't is. next to the exterior of the Queen Vic. So you're doing a scene inside, walk out the door, you're legging it basically over the
0: other side of a studio. Well, to- literally none of the houses in East End is unlike the other cities. So they're literally like a metre thick, aren't That's they? That's right. They've only got a front door. So you're, people are running through studios <laughs> yeah.
1: um, to get to their next scene uh, in, a, in a period of time, whatever they have. But, you know, we rehearsed it. Like I say, like it was a theatre performance, if you like, like you would a theatre show. So I'd had i been experienced of doing shows and stuff before. I'm working live, so you were fine. So I was yeah. sort of
0: alright. I think it was, it was no. the actors who had been in there so long mm. that obviously you do yeah. forget things. You, yeah. you do forget what it's like. I mean, I remember poor Joe Joyner would never let yeah. it down because she calls. Oh. Yeah, oh, guys, <laughs> oh, oh, isn't it? It's still so really funny, though. <laughs> it's still really funny. And Scott, I don't know. I think Scott, he went, just right, to bring I up think, Scott, sorry, mate. That was right. That was the first line, I think. Yeah. Of yeah. the whole thing. Oh, my God. But it was amazing, wasn't it? It was amazing, Adam Smith. I think, I think when you started, started I was... thinking about, like, if it, it was fine until you started thinking, hang on a minute, there's 11 million people, people watching this. So, yeah, it's a live show. Yeah, it's a And as an actor, that's list. what I mean. It could. It could stay with you, obviously, couldn't it? If yeah. you really did mess up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just really go, you. Right, I don't think I want him in theatre anymore. <laughs> no,
1: or, or anywhere. <laughs> or yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, poor Joe toilet. But the atmosphere, I came in for that night and it, it was just electric, wasn't it? It was yeah. amazing. Brilliant, brilliant night. That was um, an incredible achievement. And the other thing that I remember, our other massive storyline, apart from you running through naked the square, but that oh, yeah. was part of the bigger story, which was Barbara's leaving, which. Yeah. I was lucky enough to, which well, I think back, and that was a huge block because it was the fire, it was your wedding, yeah, it was the aftermath and her actually leaving, and yep. obviously that involved a massive stunt, which you did quite a few stunts in EastEnders, but the one with you was you climbing up, and basically again, if people don't know, obviously because we did a big fire, and do you remember, we actually rebuilt the whole Vic in the fire yeah. studio up, That's right. um, up the road where yeah. Star Wars was filming stuff, the George and Lucas it. studio. That's right, yeah. And it was a night shoot, wasn't it, as well? And so then we did the outside night, night, night shoots, right. so and you and Lacey, we got the stunt people. Yeah. And that's, that's my first time I've probably worked with stunt people. And I found it quite weird, because I found that the hardest thing about doing a stunt I found was they try to act and they can't yeah. act. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't act. <laughs> and they were trying to act just coming off a ladder and it looked rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, because I think I did like the last little bit, didn't I? Yeah, the last and Barbara, the Barbara up. one looked so much like Barbara. Do you remember they were c- clearing up boxes and yeah. everyone kept thinking it was actually Barbara Windsor Yeah, doing a stunt and about but but you had a not there wasn't there a nightmare stunt when you did you're leaving in you were That's just right because yeah. the stunt guy actually really injured himself he did yeah it was, so in south
1: end we we me and jody had a fight on the pier that was obviously part of the storyline we didn't just have a fight <laughs> and um, part of the, the storyline was that they both went over the edge of the pier together into the water it was quite a big drop you know so they got these experts and these stunt guys who experienced in doing that and they had to do it three or four times maybe to get the shot. And one of the times one of the lads hit his head on the way down on, on like the metal stanchion oh that is kinda of holding the pier up if you like. And was knocked out, like in the water. And was set his life was saved by the other stuntman, you know. He he managed to get him out of the water and they managed to get to the hospital. He was fine in the end, you know, thank God. But uh yeah, that was pretty frightening on that one. God, yeah, and you were there for that, obviously. Yeah, I
0: was watching to Sort of make sure he was acting well. Yeah, <laughs> my <I> know, yeah. <laughs> so weird, isn't it? Cause, And I remember Brian Kirkwood, who was boss at the time when we did your stunt, and I wanted to go gangs, and he was like, it costs something like 800 quid every time I yeah. go again or something. Yeah, Because yeah. of what they get paid, and I was like, oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. Not that I would ever do that job. Can you imagine? Well, <laughs> right now, <laughs> yeah, right maybe now, yeah. I'd do anything. <laughs> 800 quid sounds all right. So you know, we'll move to kind of you in a second, but we're leaving EastEnders. You know, what? why did you, that was your decision, obviously, to leave. I know we've talked about that, but was it partly because you were dying to get out to try to, because obviously theatre was your background.
1: Yeah, I think
0: so. Um, but, you know, I was with an agent who
1: said, Neil, you should do about two years. So I got to the end of two years and basically hadn't really had the conversation with, EastEnders about staying on, so did have the conversation quite near the end of that contract. And I was just asking really what was gonna happen next for the character. And yeah. I've been at the heart of storylines for two years, doing the lives of the Christmases, yeah, lots of big I mean, stuff. You were actually really lucky. You were
0: literally yeah constantly Yeah, and obviously you working, when you're working with hard. Lacey
1: and Charlie, with those characters, you're at the heart of everything yeah, yeah. all the time. So I think it was Brian said to me that, you know, he will be quiet for a little while and then we'll build stories back up. And I made a decision there to say, well, I don't really want to be quiet. I prefer leave than be quiet. And and if I leave, I'll have another story and then I hopefully will leave on a high. You know, going on advice from my agent and everything as well to be able to leave the soap and still have a career where you're not thought of as just being that guy from the soap, you know, which is always the tricky thing that... Oh, I any think it's so hard yeah that has to sort of negotiate you know Charlie t- talked to me about it a lot obviously working with her she'd done a f- maybe three years four years and then left and then gone back and done three years and was sort of telling me how tricky it was to leave and, and be seen as not Janine from EastEnders or yeah. Ryan from his Standards or whatever yeah
0: So let's talk about you then. That's enough about Ryan. So you were, um, it was actually hard to find a lot about you because you're quite private anyway, aren't you? You don't really do like the bells and whistles. And yeah, not really. A celebrity tr- life.
1: No, I mean, obviously working in a lot in theatre, really. Had more of a TV career before EastEnders than after, if I'm honest. Um,
0: the jobs that became available to me afterwards were mainly theatre and mainly musical theatre. But let's go way back. So you were born in 1980 in mm-hmm. Southport and... You were, you love football and you were, you played, I think you were 10 yeah. for Liverpool. So what? Ever- no, for Everton. So yeah. brother, Liverpool. No, no, to be fair, that isn't, my brother played for Liverpool and I
1: was too young to join up, but I suppose would have joined Everton. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but we So moved. how old was your brother when he played? Um, So he would have been, when did I, I was eight when I moved. So, so this is for like the ten. junior team. Yeah, right? like yeah, the school yeah. boys amazing. Because yeah. obviously we were born in Southport, so that's up near Liverpool um, and really in that area... It's football crazy. Well, certainly was when I was there. Yeah, and you were either red or blue. Did that cause loads like, of divide in the house? There? Well, he yeah. was a Liverpool fan. Right? My, a, yeah. We were naturally competitive. So, what was, was your dad? Fan. Was it my dad was a Londoner, right? Right. So he, okay. He's a Chelsea. fan. Oh my god. I know. And my little brother's Aston Villa, and we don't know why we they decided on the way down. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so but when I did, we did move down to London. I ended up playing for Chelsea Schoolboys until I was sixteen. I guess before obviously giving up football to
0: take Elector. up a <laughs> oh, yeah you know,
1: much more secure <laughs> yeah, I know, in yeah. acting
0: a <laughs> <laughs> mad movie. one well, kind of, although you say that kind of like the same way that if you really make it in football you can earn yeah. millions if you really or not really make it in acting that's what I find really weird about acting that the level of making it is based on fame which is a yeah. totally different thing I think isn't yeah. it it's so weird but I, I think you know there are parallels between being, being a
1: sporting person and being able to be, be an actor as well. There's the physical attributes that um, I suppose I was good at with sport definitely have helped me in my theatre career. Many of the roles I've played have been because they needed somebody who was able to be physical yeah. in whatever yeah. they do. Yeah. So a lot of times I'm cast based on being able to be physically capable to do it yeah it was... what did your family
0: think when you
1: yeah i mean well... it was alien to my whole family yeah. i mean i come from a big family lots of cousins and stuff and nobody was in this business wow. at all um, not behind the scenes either no no nothing to do with it so i just had this teacher at school a guy called frank waitley uh, you can say he's the brother of kevin waitley the actor and he was my teacher at drums uh, at school sorry and um he liked to get the sort of rugby boys or whatever into the drama. Right, okay. Because um, he just a sometimes challenge. needed um, some <laughs> bigger lads or, or athletic guys to yeah. do things. So he was always trying to get them in. And and I think also helping those guys who would, were into their sport, but maybe socially weren't great. And I would probably put myself in that category to a certain extent. It was really easy to express myself on a sporting field, but... Um, in life or in the classroom or whatever else would find it more difficult yeah. so drama became very useful for me as a life skill in order to be able to that's
0: true probably talk. a professional footballers as well isn't it if you think about it really it spend so no much time physical please.
1: but not much time using yeah. like speaking or anything yeah. else everything they do is they express themselves yeah. physically on a pitch or whatever so it was really helpful for me he got me i mean we were at a school where we weren't doing tim panally and bugsy malone and all the rest of it we were doing <laughs> romeo and juliet and our country's good. and Right, right. yeah, like, yeah. He was, you know, he was great like that. And he also worked for a company called the National Youth Music Theatre. Oh, wow, okay, brilliant. So he also drafted me into there and got me auditions for that. And I ended up doing the National Youth Music Theatre for two and a half, three years, maybe four years in the end, which is a, a, a national youth group. We do musicals and we so went what, up you to go, Edinburgh. Did you do that? What did
0: you go do that after school? No, was whilst it? in into, oh, like, whilst summer holiday, oh, we amazing. did like the Edinburgh Festival.
1: We do a show up there. Oh, brilliant! Like they're f- famously like Bugsy Malone was one that did really well for them and went into the West End for like six months. But one of the main shows I was in that did really well was a show called The Kissing Dance, it was written by Howard Goodall and Charles Hart. So Charles Hart writes the lyrics on Phantom of the Opera. Oh, Howard right. Goodall okay. wrote Bend It Like Beckham and you know things like that. So. They're really top people that they get to work with. Yeah. And in that cast, I had people like Sheridan Smith, Michael Gibson, oh, wow. Declan Bennett, who was in EastEnders. I mean, just an array of yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Jacobs, who was in Holby. So that, that cast of about 14, 15 kids, there were loads of probably you, about you. 10 or 11, went on to have really...
0: Decent, successful professional careers in acting, which is incredible. And And so did musicals... So obviously, I mean, we'll talk about the other stuff you've done apart from musicals, but obviously you've done... Your massive musical theatre has been a massive part of your life. Yeah. What was the first... Do you remember your first main role in a... Weird, really. Like, I went to drama school and studied acting for three years
1: on the advice of Frank and saying, I think you should do acting as opposed to musicals sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's where your strength lies. And I was, like, kind of in agreement. And then... You get into your third year and you do shows for agents to come and watch. And, and I was doing a musical called The Hired Man and the choreographer of this in the school was uh, a future Olivier Award winning, Bill Deema, was choreographing it. And Bill was with the agent, Gene Diamond, who he said, get this kid in and he gave me a job straight away. Amazing. So, so I signed That's with amazing. Gene Diamond, who was a wonderful agent, oh, just an amazing woman. Bill was doing a show called Babes in Arms in Cardiff for like a few weeks and asked me to come in and do a role on it. First job out of drama school, great, go and do it. From there, uh, I think then I did six episodes of EastEnders straight after that. that ben the road That's the <laughs> And then did, played the lead in a new show called The Water Babies uh, in Chichester. And at the time I wasn't really aware and maybe I should have been that Chichester the a fantastic place to work. Brilliant place to work. Yeah, And was, I was playing the lead in, in oh a new Oh my God, amazing. There. Uh, but it was directed by Jeremy Sams. Jeremy Sams, brilliant director. He took me straight from that into sound and music in the West End to play Rolf with. So it would be the Connie Fisher version. From yeah, the which Telly. is amazing. I mean, that's, so, and, the, and again at the, play, at the time, it was the, wasn't it? Yeah, again at the time, things are sort of happening to yeah, you, You're wow. not realizing how amazing it is to be working. As a named character, not the lead, but a named character in the London Palladium version. And Connie Palladium Fisher, is she the one
0: that had won the... Is yeah. That, that, that was, that one, of those first, like that was yeah. one of
1: those first programmes, first programs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Graham Norton uh, and Andrew Webber, yeah. So
0: yeah, she came straight off the TV show into that. And and so how is it playing, like we were saying about like EastEnders Live episode when you knew 11, what's it like being in a, such an institution that is like the Palladium performing? Yeah. I mean, luckily enough, I have
1: been back since, which is amazing. I was, I was, you know, working at. I mean, the Palladium's probably, along with Theatre or Drury Lane, the yeah. biggest and best theatres in London. Um, it's an amazing place to work. Because I always think you
0: walk in at night, going, "Oh, fucking, I get you, the Palladium. I did the second time, <laughs> yeah. but the
1: first time round, I was there it for was a year, and, and I, it was sort of just happening to me, if you like, and I didn't really realize. But three thousand
0: people watching you every night it became kind of normal, normal I me. know but that's the thing isn't it yeah like just without jobs it yeah. becomes normal yeah and what's the lifestyle like because I don't I've never really asked my actor friends this because obviously you work every night yeah is it a totally oh, you obviously live a totally different life I suppose yeah I mean as a, when you're you, younger you go it's... out afterwards I know there's one bar isn't there in London that everyone uh, goes uh, to oh eat? there was a pub yeah is in it cool Soho. So uh, yeah. it's closed down like, oh has like, it during this i remember going there the once and that was oh no what a shame. Yeah. This, that's apparently where everyone went for all the different shows just off Carnaby Street there was one Mates with people from the other shit, so, like is
1: it kind of uh... um, there, are, there oh, oh, so yes, there is a place where you can all, all the different casts can kind of go late, late night. I, I didn't go there that much to be honest, okay. um, <laughs> but um, you sort of end up knowing everybody in the musical theater, it kind of becomes a little bit of a closed shop or a box where you, you're auditioning with the same guys for yeah, the same yeah. roles. So, but but like you say, we yeah, we'd go out for a few drinks after work sometimes because I was a young guy. But um, it's a hard life, because also, obviously, everyone else is working to 5 jobs. Yeah, so it's unsociable hours, yeah, obviously. So now, as you get older, it becomes a little bit trickier in terms of yeah. your families and everything else. So, obviously, drop the kids at school, maybe, at 9 o'clock, and then don't see them again till the next morning, because yeah, you can't hard, really do yeah. the pickup. Um, or, you know, that's working in London, but obviously, when you have to go away and do tours and stuff, then you're away all week, and maybe come back on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning,
0: and then go back again on a Monday. And again, um, people, a lot of people listening to this will probably think it's a really glamorous job, which again, put five percent of it is. Yeah, the rest of it, especially when you're on tour, don't you? Because you have to find your own digs and everything, don't you? Yep, you do. Yep. Yeah, so even when Glynis Barber went, and she was, <laughs> yeah. she couldn't believe she was having to find her own. Like <laughs> what? I can, and not uh, I can imagine. Can you imagine in space and <laughs> She's Expecting but it's quite. I mean, I'm quite dumbfounded that everyone's. Spoken. Yeah, I mean, it's a that's a, it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And and how much do you want to really spend
1: on digs when you're going to be there for a week and. Or the rest of it when you're trying to earn money to bring yeah, you it home. stay with five lads who are yeah. uni, at uni. Yeah, well, exactly <laughs> For like twenty quid I can't more. do that anymore. I think sometimes I've been away. I'd stayed with people, but now when I go away, I think the last one. I, oh, last one I did was a, a show called Club Tropicana with uh, Joe McElderry in it, and um, I stayed on my own every, <laughs> yeah. everywhere I went just because I, I needed my own space. From lots of young, I was the oldest. Oh yeah, see guy that's when it The it starts car. getting bad, isn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, and they're all doing what you did years ago. Yeah. 100% you just got so finished. you've done you did Shrek as well it was yeah. Rita in Shrek or did she do Shrek after Rita Simmons who played um, yeah. Simmons who played Roxy uh, so I didn't do it with Rita right. did she
1: do it on tour or did she do it another she time came. I'm she not she sure she left way after
0: you didn't she so she. Used to I, it.
1: Kimberly Walsh played Fiona oh um, okay and then Carly Stenson
0: played Fiona as well so and it's that's cool. what I mean that's a small world so Kimberly's sisters with Amy Walsh you're yep. from Irmerdale yep. Carly obviously goes out with Danny Mac yep. but you're now working with him pretty exactly, well exactly yeah and like you said, it becomes a really small world. And TV's the same, isn't it? You end up... Um, I mean, I always remember Glynis saying that... She's always up for auditions with the same person. They become like your nemesis. Yeah. I mean, have you got someone like has, Have you got anyone like that that or you remember from... Um, like, yeah, well, I, well you I think, and Danny, yeah. that must be quite... Uh, Danny, yeah, Danny's a little younger than me. But yeah, I guess
1: we, we must be in a similar sort of bracket. Yeah. I mean, he's very good looking, Danny. I mean as you are Uh, and I I've kind of just edging past that into more characterful work but and also he's too good looking he's He's annoyingly good good looking looking. I I act with it so I'm going to do Pretty Woman the musical at the moment and I act with Danny and I basically spent all my t- scenes just staring at I his face, know. talking to I him. I did Hollyoaks as well. It's very unnerving. unnerving. <laughs> at least he's short. <laughs> at least he's a little, <laughs> don't say that. Yeah. But but he's really so he's a lovely, like he's lovely, he's the nicest man guy. In, anyway, oh, yeah. he really is, and
0: Carly as well. The pair of them. Is we seem more annoying actually because when you work with people, that are <laughs> yeah. always so really nice. They're like, oh come on!
1: But, I, but I've kind of fallen into a world now of like obviously doing Shrek and. Wind in the Willows and a few other things are basically being cast as baddies as opposed to right. goodies. So Danny, I think, probably is still being playing goodies. goodies. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, whereas I've kind of, because I'm a little bit older, I guess, um, I've kind of, <laughs> of moved into baddie area now. And did you, Danny, like Because Holly Oaks I think, is even madder than all the soaps, isn't it? Did he? Have you ever? You've never done Holly Oates? No, no, no. I've not done any of the other soaps, but. Um, you could say the soap stories? I was stories just going to or... say when you're in something with soap with another soap star, is it kind of like? Because again, people yeah, come to have the have face of the name, of comment, don't they? they. Yeah.
1: Uh, certainly, when we were in rehearsals and stuff, we had little chats about life on soap and, and
0: life after soap. Yeah, that's um, the hardest thing, isn't it? Basically, life after soap. Yeah. Well,
1: the decisions you make. Danny obviously went and did Strictly Come Dancing, and yeah, did, did really well, on it, it was fantastic. Would
0: um, you ever do shows like that? Well, now you, ask me, no, I'd yeah, you say would, yeah. yes. I suppose now say yes, but
1: at the time when I was leaving, um, I was definitely of the mindset that I didn't want to go down that route. Yeah. Um, and I, I think wrongly, actually. And I think maybe you I should that. I think so many people
0: that. say that as well. Yeah, but at the time, I guess Strictly was a little bit newer. And well, no, I think at the time, you're so big in that show that actually, probably part of what you're looking for is to. Yeah. Is to get out of that. I definitely wanted to go
1: and do something else big to
0: not put it behind you, but just to
1: say I I am something else as well. But I found, uh, you know, I think it would be irresponsible not to say that it is, there is snobbery to a certain extent towards soaps. Totally. Whether it's soap actors or soaps in general, so that when you leave your options, obviously your commercial options become wider. So you like pantomime musical theatre. You know, the, the shows on TV, the reality shows, all that, becomes much wider. But other avenues in this business become slimmer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. Especially in British TV and yeah. British straight theatre. Yeah. You know, when I say straight theatre, obviously, like, plays and things like that. It it, ha- it
0: does become tricky. You, you can't say that it doesn't. And it still is. And I think it's really... Same for directors. Like it's really hard to get work at. Because... Mm. A those people haven't actually watched soaps, they don't realise how good Mm. they are. Because I think, especially actors, I think you guys do so well. Because again, just reminding people that you never film anything in sequence, you can be over like Mm twelve episodes at a time. So I think for actors to map your journey like that is a strange skill. Think about across the
1: pond in America, that you know people who work on soaps or whatever else over there, uh, or in Australia, can find their way to be Hollywood superstars yeah. much easier. And actually I found that
0: when I left the main things that I was auditioning for was American T V shows. That was the main thing that I was right, auditioning okay. for. And that's changed so much anyway now as well. The big yeah. huge actors are now doing American Absolutely. TV uh, shows. It was sort of happening around the time and that's I was there. Here so as well,
1: yeah. I was auditioning but and I was doing okay and the auditions are getting quite far sometimes, but auditioning against people so who already established Hollywood while, superstars. Then? No, I didn't because I didn't right. want to do that. Right. To be honest, I wanted to do British uh, drama, TV, and yeah. work here and be successful here. That's all I wanted, really. If my career took me to America, okay. But I didn't want to go over there and spend and six months that. with no, you yeah. and work in a restaurant. And, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> like you know, every other British actor. Well, but you have to do if you want to spend time out there trying to get
0: a big break. Unless you're taken over there, you know. And then, so now obviously you're married to Michelle, you've got two kids. I mean, how does having a family change... Like yeah. We kind of talked about it a bit, but, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's a hard career, isn't it, acting still? It's yeah, not a... Yeah. Uh, well, not, you,
1: yeah. you know, you, you, like I say about going to America or anything else, you know, one of the main reasons for not wanting to go yes, out there yeah. and, and spend all your money on gambling on that career is because you have a family. So you'll say, well, I'm, I need to work here and we want to stay here. The kids are going into school and everything else. And um, your choices become a little bit more based on that, without any shadow of a doubt. So a thirteen-month contract on *Shrek* the musical at Theatre Royal Drury Lane, playing a lead role, is very
0: attractive. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, Uh, and it's a fantastic show and a fantastic theatre and part to be and people to be working on. But I think acting is is just one of those jobs. You're always going to have to make decisions, and some of them are never going to be. Yeah. They're right decisions, but they're always going to be gutting. Basically, aren't they? There's always going to be gutting decisions involved in being an actor. Yeah. I think the, Ameri- the American industry and all that it is tailored to somebody who's able to sit and wait. Basically, that means,
1: you know, you can afford to sit and wait. Yeah. So if you can do that, then you can
0: perhaps have more chance of reaching those roles, I think. And then, so recently, you were, just before all what's happened, you were in Pretty Woman. You yeah. kind of touching it with Danny Mac. Just tell me about that production. I mean, huge. That's the first time that's been done. So it was done on Broadway, a musical version of Pretty Woman,
1: but they had the whole directing team come over. So oh, right. Wow. Jerry Mitchell, who's done lots of things like Hairspray and Legally Blonde over here. So he's sort of...
0: It's one of those ones I can't imagine what it's like on stage. Really? Not yeah. From a film. It's very it's like, romantic. Yeah, you know? very romantic.
1: We So we have Danny Mac playing the, the lead role and we have... Really annoyingly good looking lead yeah. role. Absolutely, <laughs> playing Richard Gere. Um, Amy Atkinson, who's one of the six girls. Six? You know, Six the Musical. Oh, right. Um, when there
0: six. Uh, I, yeah, Julia Roberts is turning to six different <laughs> girls. That would be amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> but Amy's fantastic in the show. And
1: then we have Rachel Wooding and Bob Palms playing two of the other lead, lead roles. And I play Stucky, who's the baddie. Oh, right, so, okay. Uh, he's like, was, he,
0: so was he in the film? I'm trying yeah, to think of the
1: film. Yeah, he was very differently cast no. in the film. Right, okay. He's kind of... Um, was sh- he the p- short, the chubby no. guy with, like, <laughs> right, bald nothing heads? You, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's the lawyer friend. Oh, yes, I remember, I remember. He, I remember. he yeah, sort yeah, yeah. of attacks uh, yeah. Vivian
0: at the end of the film. Uh, and obviously we do that yes. in the musical yeah. as well. So basically you were, you're were you done Press Night and then... Mm-hmm.
1: we done, So we done... Four weeks we do press night and another two weeks performance, I think it was, so six weeks in total. And then our Prime Minister gave his speech on March the 16th saying that people shouldn't be going to the theatre. We were in warm up at this point, oh about my to do a God. show. And our producers obviously had to run across London to come and tell us that, tell everybody to go home and tell us to go home. And that was the last time we were all in the theatre together. That's mad. Um, do, yeah. do you remember thinking at the time? We thought at the time... Yeah, it'd be a couple of weeks. It'd or, be, yeah, maybe a couple of months or yeah. so. I mean, certainly back by now, by September, I think we were thinking we're definitely back by September.
0: Whereas now, a lot of the theatres have obviously closed down. Which is so sad, isn't it? I mean, absolutely. Theatre, I think, it's really hard. Even more than America, is part of our lifeblood, isn't it? It's really, Well, I like, think,
1: yeah, London... Uh, like you said and
0: Broadway, the, they've got Broadway, but we don't just have the West End. We have don't yeah. we have Bath, yeah. we have, like... I think I think it, everybody suffers. I think
1: it's been talked about a lot, not to get too political, no. but the um bars and clubs
0: and restaurants oh, are like... in London and all the cities with their theatres, they do suffer. But probably um, because you spit on stage that it makes it much more. I no, <laughs> well I I think it so it basically it's about this social distancing yeah. thing, isn't it? About having and you can't of open a theatre with that lesser people, can you? And you know, I how, did always think the orchestra below deck—that's quite a yeah. enclosed little warm space as well. That's really yeah. quite bad. I don't know <laughs> the but, orchestra. But yeah, I agree. Well, and also
1: know. us on stage. Yeah, you know, Danny and Amy have lots of lovely romantic kissing scenes and things, and which um, you can't. Which they would have to be in a bubble which or would the be whole <laughs> <wouldn't it? laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> so all in a hotel together for six months oh. oh my god So, otherwise you do a concert version of the shows which people are doing what would that what do you mean a concert version so in terms of just standing there and singing the songs oh and okay oh um,
0: god yeah Well they, you know, kind of very... what soaps are doing now at the moment well with all their perspex screens I've <laughs> yeah, seen we, um, amazing yeah. amazing yeah well maybe you can do life Ra- Bar- and real life partner's coming to act as well apparently oh really to do kissing scenes Oh, I see. Yeah, and then
1: filming them from that. I did see that, yeah. Which is still quite weird
0: because that's bound to be like a stunt woman scenario. Yeah. I'm not sure you could, like, get away with Carly Stenson into a scene (laughs) just for Amy, just for, like, the love making scene No piano sex and then get her out. Yes. Yeah, it's a weird thing and you wouldn't I mean, I remember EastEnders were talking about at the beginning to go into lockdown altogether. I mean, it, again everyone's lovely Yeah You couldn't do that could you? I mean, it well, would be so intense you, Listen,
1: if you knew it was going to be for two weeks three weeks, four weeks Yeah, not know, indefinitely could, But not indefinitely No You know, not like well, it could be three months or five months and you go,
0: well And not in Boreham Wood Yeah <laughs> oh, God <laughs> yeah, we right in wood. London but. So what's so uh, so you're because uh, I suppose the big thing about theatre as well coming back from this is, is getting all the cast back together as well because oh, certain yeah. people would have gone to do other stuff, I suppose. Well,
1: yeah. So we were all contract. So our contracts ended on in January or would end in January. And we were, we've all negotiated to come back to the show to do a six month extension of that contract. So it's till July, whenever we go back. But sorry, I'm saying if we. So if we go back in October, it'll be six months. Yeah, from yeah. If we go back in December,
0: it'll be six months. From but there. no one knows. That's the thing. Yeah, but what, obviously, what was the review? What, would, what was the reaction like? Was it good? Oh yeah, it, so it was at Musk because the buzz. You saw it everywhere. It was yeah, everywhere we were full.
1: That's why they can commit to coming back. You know, as some shows you to know together be, yeah. because it sold really well and because it was you know the, the audiences were loving it and they can they know that when they do reopen it's going to be full and they're going to make some money and then they'll probably take the show on tour. They'll have a long-term plan. It'll probably do a worldwide tour, um, not with us, but with you know other yeah. casts. So they obviously have to think long term, and six months or a year in the West End is the perfect way to start that long term plan. Yeah. because you go, it's West End hit. Pretty Woman goes on
0: tour, goes on world world tour, and then they make another film with you in. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so a fi- musical person. Finally, yeah. what is the difference between? So the but you know, if you're in a big soap, you're massive, and you get a buzz, I suppose, from everyone's mm. watching, everyone's commenting, and you've got the theater, there's instant gratification. How would yeah. you compare them both, and what's the? What's, you know, you've been probably at the height of telly and the height of
1: theatre now. So what? Yeah. what's the, you know. Well, I, I think the sort of celebrity of, of working on a soap is definitely slightly different from working in, in a musical. You get people come to stage door and you get the audience uh, really enjoying your performance and everything else. But it's not quite the same as walking around the streets and, and being recognised. Just, yeah.
0: Do you still get recognised?
1: For um, just... I, uh, much less so the, the longer you're away yeah, from the soap. Yeah. But yes, yeah, sometimes uh you know, certainly people who are proper fans of the show yeah. would You're would supposed to be in prison. Oh yeah. I no, mean, you're supposed to be in Wakefield. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that Ellen? <laughs> <laughs> Helen? Helen <laughs> But um Yeah, so there's that. Um and trying to think obviously working in theatre you you do get the like you say, the instant gratification and I think it is everybody most people like working with that way because it's there straight away. Yeah.
0: You you can you play your part from start to end. So you get to play the whole story. And what's it like doing, because I suppose that the other ma- massive difference is EastEnders, you know, you <laughs> screw up that script and it's done. Mm. Right? Whereas theatre, you're doing the same thing every night. I mean, now yeah. I've never quite got how you do the yeah. same thing every night. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I've worked <laughs> with people, like,
1: I worked with, on, with Matt Wolfenden on a pantomime called um, Aladdin at the Old Vic with, um, just the name drop. Ian McKellen. I know, God. And um, Francis Barber. Which was how um, how was that though? And Roger oh, Allen. has been amazing. An amazing Christmas. Again, one of these jobs that was quite early in my career kinda happened to me without me realising <laughs> how incredible. amazing that actually is. Yeah. Um, did you, did have I, Ian McKellen playing your mum? <laughs> like, <like your> <laughs> <laughs> she played Widow Twanky and and I played Aladdin, so um, that is incredible, isn't it and what was he was he well I was only going to say that you know that was obviously a relatively short run, maybe two months, but Ian, on one hand was with the script was able to be was different every night, It'd yeah be like sort of tried to stay in the moment and gave a freshness to what he was doing <laughs> Which- and it was amazing. Roger Allen, on the other hand, was equally amazing, but did exactly the same thing right, every okay. night. Sort of knew what he needed to land and do yeah. and to get the audience response. And to think about pantomime, there's a lot of response. So, And he could do the same thing and get the same response every night. Whereas Ian, I, I guess by the nature of being a bit more... Uh, relaxed with it, and, yeah. and could go anywhere. Like shows, you didn't.
0: can do a bit, yeah. that can't you? Yeah, I mean, Whereas this was a spontaneous.
1: This was like a. An yeah, adult no, I would
0: love to. I, that's one of the ones I wish I remember Matthew telling me about that. And I was yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, I'd love to have seen that. And what was it like working with a legend like him? I mean, did he impart? He's an amazing do man. You, I mean, I think in acting, I suppose like with directors, I think people who think they've they've reached, like they've learned as much as they can, are the ones that are rubbish. I mean, because you, you yeah. never stop learning, do you? He's an amazing man.
1: Obviously, you know, when you think about his career, he has been was mainly theatre as a younger guy, and then went and became a Hollywood superstar. And but still has a desire to come back and do. Coronation Street yeah I know exactly. I, I know they can not believe it when. Um, but, but but that's sort of, the Coronation I mean Street. it's amazing that he would do that I think and to do pantomime I think it's brilliant that Ian did that and these guys do that because it's sort of trying to take the stigma out of that a little bit of saying if you do so if you do panto yes. it's too commercial it's, it's not uh, proper
0: if you like and yeah. that's wrong and, be, and so Ian to go in and do an episode of Coronation Street I think is amazing, amazing. and I think so's changed actually over the years that's become more I mean we had Amanda Donahoe in Emmerdale even yeah. Danny Dyer joining yeah. EastEnders yeah. was like uh, yeah. you know a film yeah, star a joining a funny film
1: star joining a side yeah
0: and doing a great job Okay, so it was a few months ago now that I spoke to Neil. Now we're coming into winter and in lockdown, so Neil's online with me. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. You are right? Yeah, very good, thanks. And exciting news because I just wanted everyone to know that you, along with Gina Beck, have written a play and you're putting it on at the Charing Cross Theatre in December and it's called The Elf Who Was Scared of Christmas. How amazing is it to be back in theater?
1: Mate, yeah, obviously when we chatted before I couldn't talk about it because it hadn't all sort of happened yet, but now it's it's kind of all taken off. So Gina Beck and I we live in the same village. We've known each other for like 20 years, having done youth theater shows together. And we just, ooh, we wanted to create something and do something. So we've written and created a show for young children, The Elf Who's Scared of Christmas. And we're really proud that we've managed to get it into a theatre because, of course, not only do we create work for ourselves, but we create work for the lighting team, the sound team, stage management, and obviously for an audience to be able to come and watch something and specifically a young audience. So we're really pleased that we're going to be going ahead 8th to the 23rd of December, the Charing Cross
0: Theatre. You can get your tickets on the website. Please do come and enjoy some festive fun with us. Yeah you have to go and the best thing is Christmas you know we're used to the pantos and stuff so it's amazing I think that families have got the chance now to come and see something.
1: Yeah this is more aimed at like a younger audience so we are like under tens really. It isn't panto in so, in so much as we're not winking at the audience saying oh we're playing elves. No we're <laughs> sort of um, really going for it and
0: trying to make it believable for the young children and to keep that dream alive a little bit for an hour or so. Amazing, mate. And just, I mean, the outfit itself is worth coming to see it for, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, just to say, it, it's a 40-minute story, a 20-minute Christmas concert uh, where everyone in the audience can sort of stand up in their seats where they are and join in the fun. Amazing, mate. Well, listen, hope it goes well and cool. have a nice Christmas. Thanks, buddy. And you, Christmas is coming. Take care, mate. Christmas is coming. fast I'm actually not that technical so the fact that worked is amazing and that's mostly thanks to David Stevens and The Bothy again for all their edit and technical wizardry I am back next week with another episode but you can catch up with me all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and every Tuesday morning at 8.30am you can catch me on Gorgeous FM for another bit of Soap Gossip Hope you have a good week, stay safe and see you next week